0: Um, you know, tallow for that price in the future. I think he's that good. I think he's got so much end product and something
2: that we've been lacking definitely for yeah, the last couple of seasons. the best collect, collective group of wingers in the league. Man, yeah. Yeah. Man
3: United? Oh, sorry, that's wingers. Sorry.
2: Right, thank, thanks, Nick. I thought you were too tired <laughs> of puns you said earlier. Uh, has gone with, uh, not well, I'm not going to say exactly what that says, but Vasilius Lakers was his actual name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you people at home guess what he changed for (laughs) Silius. It was Vagisil. Uh, Well done, it was Vagisil, Yep. That's that's a lovely clip for the opening part of the show (laughs) next week.
0: For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact.
2: Good evening and welcome to Homestar Radio Extra for our transfer deadline day special. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host this evening as we look to discuss a fairly uneventful day by Palace's standards, check fan reactions to signings and outgoings, and review the window as a whole. The headline of the day is undoubtedly the departure of striker Glenn Murray to Bournemouth. We'll give our reaction and discuss yours. We'll also look at some of the nearly ins and nearly outs. That's what she said. The panel tonight are Tony Pears, Hi everyone. Hey. Patrick O'Connor. Hello. Lucy White. Hey. Hello. And Terence Ford. Hello. Indeed. Uh, We also have a transfer-themed quiz to amuse, entertain and potentially traumatise. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Listen to Homestale Radio on the go. Using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash android.
2: As the man says, we have got an Android app now. Uh, It'll be on iTunes soon as well. iTunes, the App Store soon as well. Um, Basically, it's a a little app for your phone that will allow you to listen in live. And pretty soon, it'll also allow you to um, do a voice message straight to us. I'm just trying to think of the best way of putting that. Do a voice message is definitely the best way of putting that. I'm going to keep it that. Um, yeah, so listening live, contacting us, and um, like I say, it be a 20-second match review. It'll get straight to us and we'll play it out live. So make sure you go to holradio.net forward slash android uh, if you are on that kind of a thing. Or, um, yeah, if you're on Apple, the version will be released later this week. I hear a weird clicking sound in the background. Let's find out who's responsible for that and murder them later on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we've got uh, obviously transfer window has shut. Weirdly, there he is again. Weirdly, it's um, you know it, it's a six pm close off, and um, you know we're now at eight pm, and so all the news should be in of what's happened. So I mean, in terms of reviewing the window, we've we've, we've had a, you know, the incoming signings from the course of it are you know season long loan for Patrick Bamford from Chelsea, uh, the signing of Johan Kabay for a club record thirteen million pounds from Paris Saint Germain. <laughs> Uh, Alex McCarthy, three and a half million from QPR. And Connor Wickham from Sunderland. Fee was undisclosed, uh, rumoured to be between seven and nine million pounds. And of course, uh, the free transfer of Bakari Sacco. The outgoing transfers now read as Barry Bannon to Sheffield Wednesday. Undisclosed, I believe that that was actually a free transfer. um, Because he only had uh, this season left in his contract anyway. Uh, We've had Glenn Murray go to Bournemouth for a uh, suggestion of four million pounds there. Uh, Adelaine Gurdior has gone to Watford because it's quite late in the day, an um, undisclosed fee there, uh, but hopefully, believe we got our money back on that one. Uh, and the loans um, of uh, Hiram Boateng has gone to Plymouth uh, for six months initially. He's doing very, very well there as well. Uh, Ryan Innes has gone to Port Vale on a season-long loan. That was much earlier. He's done quite well at Port Vale as well. Uh, Jack Hunt's at Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, Jerome on williams is uh, on a... Se- Just says on my list, season-long loan. But it doesn't say to who, but I happen to know it's Burton Albion. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, And he's played played his part in a few matches there. I don't think he's starting at the moment, but I think he got an assist off the bench the other day as well. Uh, Stephen Dobby was released and is now playing at Bolton. Owen Garvin was released and is now playing at Colchester. And Lewis Price was released, and I believe he is actually also at Sheffield Wednesday uh, at the moment. So there you go. That's the full list, uh, but it will be ridiculous to start anywhere else. Other than Ben Murray. Uh, did I who was that?
4: Christian Scales.
2: Christian Scales is on loan at Crawley, you're quite right. right. Quite right. Uh, no, but you and you're right to point that out because, you know, it's Mikey's fault and we need to make sure <laughs> No, that wasn't the the reason <laughs> why I put it up. <laughs> the listeners understand it's the kind of thing I'm working with.
5: <laughs> and and the kid had an impre- he had an impressive preseason, it did Scales. He,
2: did. he really did. And uh, I know a few Crawley fans on um, you know from Crawley myself, sadly, but um, and uh, they've, they're very, very impressed with him. Uh, one of my mates thinks he, he can actually play further forward because of it, how good he's, he is at getting, getting up and down the pitch um, and, and taking players on. So he's really impressed at that level. He's he's come out of nowhere, really, to, to have a really good effect on things. But we're going to have to start with Glenn Murray, aren't we? Because that's the, that's the headline news, and a few people upset, and a few people you know being rather sort of uh, pragmatic about it, shall we say. Uh, I'm going to Check some opposing opinions because I know Terence feels strongly one way, uh, as does Tony. But I think you know Patrick and Lucy and myself might be a little bit more, you know, should we f- say uncaring, emotionless, <laughs> uh, well,
1: <laughs> something like that. Anyway, I would put it that way. But all right. <laughs>
2: uh, let's start with you, Terence. How do you feel?
5: I'm I'm gutted. Um, I get the whole four million pounds for a 32 year old appears to be good business on the surface um, and for him personally he's going to got himself a three year contract which he probably wasn't going to get out of our end for the sort of money that he's getting at Bournemouth but four million is, is it giving us back what um, he offers around the club how the fans feel about him just you know he's a character from the promotion season he understands the palace way of things and it's just for me not so not just everything he's offering on the field. It's stuff he offers off the field as well, in and around the club. And as I've said on many occasions as well, I think he could help Connor Wickham along a long way in his development in how to play as a hold-up striker. Because Wickham has uh, more mobility than Murray has and um, is probably going <laughs> to turn out to be a better player than Glenn Murray was. But Glenn Murray, with his limitations, has gone on to become a Premier League goalscorer. So I feel like he could offer Wickham a lot. So for me, I'm I'm really gutted. As I say, in my in my lifetime or in the time that I've been going to Palace, he's only the second thirty thirty a goal season striker we've had after Andy Johnson, and um, they don't come around too often. And yeah, I feel like he'd done a lot of clubs. So sentimentally speaking, I'm I'm gutted to see him go.
2: I don't know if you want to add much to that, Tony. Obviously, I suppose one other thing to touch on is um, as, as Terence has said that you know just four million quid cover um you know cover what we've lost what have we lost in, in in Glenn Murray and his ability now
6: i think the thing with glenn murray um i remember hearing on the radio um over the last couple of weeks they were saying that glenn murray because he's obviously started non league and he's worked his way up the leagues he's uh, he's learned the dirty side of the game as they say um the the stuff that not the sort of pitter patter and skill he's learned how to draw fouls and how to play the the low man up front and hold the ball up and He's, he's one of the best players I've seen at Palace. Who's who's had the ability to do that, and I think that's something which you don't get with modern day strikers. And that's what a lot of us, I think, as Terence was saying, were hoping that he could teach Wickham. Um, I know there was a lot of talk of Charlie Austin. A lot of people thought maybe he could teach that him as well. Uh, but we've we've now lost that. And four million pounds, you know, a couple of years ago we would have we would have bitten someone's hand off. But with the amount of money that's going around the Premier League now, uh, four million pounds is a drop in the ocean. So you kind of want to keep that but at the same time you know he is 31 years old um you know he's he's got one contract left in him and you know you can't begrudge him for what he's done for the club and wanting to move on and play week in week out because he's not going to get that um in the team at the moment the team's moved on and good luck to him and you know many people know that Alex Alex White and myself are sort of the the president and vice president of the Homestyle Radio Glenn Murray Appreciation Society and um you know, it'll be a sad, it'll be a sad uh, without him, but, you know,
1: can... yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, Bob. I mean, he's not dead, but, <laughs> but no, like... he, is, he is now to me. <laughs> no, you touched on it there, Tony, in, in saying that you know it seems that he wanted this move, and that's kind of where where I feel. I'll give uh, you you a chance to say what you think. Lucy you see on um on Glen Murray leaving?
7: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's very sad. Obviously, he was a, a massive part of us uh, going up. I mean, I know he had the big injury, but the build up to that, and then last season he, you know, whacked in some goals. But, you know, times move. We're moving as a club. We're progressing. I was listening to Transfer Deadline Day and they were saying on Sky that we're moving fast as a club now. And I don't think he was as good as he was. And we can't hold on to people just for sentiment and I Part of the hashtag CFC family but you know, it's it's one of those things we have to move on. And so does
2: he. And yeah, it's it's a yeah.
6: sad day, but it's it's for a lot of reasons, I think. Yeah. It's okay. it's I hear emotion
2: in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting you say that. Um, that, you know, we as a club are moving on fast because, um, in my opinion, hasn't moved particularly fast this season. Controversial yeah <laughs> 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 Oh well, I, I, it's, it's
5: um, you know like when you're growing up, you move you move along fast, but it doesn't mean you want to abandon your family, does it? And just like walk out on them. <laughs> <I'm>, um, <laughs> i, t- I don't what, what do you want me to say, Chris? Just saying that he's running slow. <laughs> He's still he still has a lot to offer. I don't, I don't think Bournemouth would have gone and splashed £4 million on him and given him a three-year contract if they didn't feel like he could offer something still in the Premier League. Eddie Howe's not got to where he is by being a stupid man and making stupid signings. So there's, they obviously feel like he's still got a lot to offer. Um, yeah, we Yes, we are obviously progressing. I get that. Um, but I think January would have probably been a better time for us in terms of just being able to balance our squad a little bit more up front because maybe we do look a little bit light or a couple of injuries and we're back with Frazier Campbell up front
2: yeah and, and you know that well that's another debate altogether I guess but no I was being slightly flippant of course um but I, I do think that um the Glenn Murray that started this season doesn't look like the Glenn Murray that that finished last season if you like I, I just think he hasn't got going in in the games that he's played but you know, he's. You know, you can't make. It's a snap judgment, obviously, because you you haven't seen him play for any real length of time. So, um, and like you say, Bournemouth have, have seen fit to give him a three year contract. Listen, he's an incredibly clever player. He's never been particularly quick, but I think for me, it's shone it's shone out in this system that, um, you know, that he was going to have to work really, really hard to stay in that team. And he, I just get the feeling that you know he didn't fancy it either. I, I don't know how. You know, not that not in a bad way. I don't mean you know, he wasn't giving his all, but I just think he fancied a new challenge as well. Uh, Patrick, get your views.
4: Yeah, um, a lot of good points made. Um, you know, the sentiment part is an important part. Um, I was, you know, I, we spoke before a little bit um, before the show, and, you know, I've been a Pad fan for a long time, and my favourite player of all time was Ian Wright. And when they sold him to Arsenal, I was absolutely, it took me weeks to get over it, literally weeks to get over the just the thought of him going to Arsenal and losing, you know, uh, you know, best score I've ever seen in the Palace shirt. So I, I understand that part. But having said that, we have to move on. Glenn Murray gave us some wonderful memories. And there's no doubt about it. And Terrence mentioned before the show again how he scored seven goals last year in 16 matches, which is incredible for a player of his age, coming off the injury, etc. But we have to move on. And given, the, given your, you know, the uh, option between keeping him or keeping Gale, I'd rather keep Gale. Not because I'm a huge Gale fan, necessarily, but just because of the the explosive that he can bring, the youth that he can bring, and just, the, you know, the potential that he has over, you know, uh, Glenn Murray. And it's not putting Glenn Murray down at all. I mean, I think he'll have a wonderful time at Bournemouth, and I wish I do wish him well, except when he comes back and plays against Palace. But I think we have to move on. And I got a feeling, Chris, that there was something going on in the background. Remember mm. there was a the rumor about the Zaha thing with Murray and training and obviously at the, you know, the uh, halftime getting taken off against Aston Villa. And I, I got a funny feeling there was just something going on between him and Paul The Probably wasn't going to come out and say it there was something going on that we, don't, we, we may never know about. And I think for Glenn and for us, is the best thing that could, that could happen right now.
2: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I know what you're getting at, And in, in this transitional period, I think, if you look at, um, we talked about Spironi on the last show, and I think, you know, Alan Pardew's outwardly very, very um, outspoken in support of Spironi. But I think, you know, this, it, I think we could end up in a similar situation, possibly in January. I agree. With, with Jules. The, the, change is the changing of the guard, if you like. And that's something that happened just before the most successful period in Palace history um, you know in the, in the 90s you had the change to the guard, you had the young youngsters like well you know who, who took over, people like well, I say youngsters, but people like Jeff Thomas came in and um, obviously Ian Wright came in and Mark Wright came in, it was people like Jim Cannon that was shipped out yeah. um, and you know and Copple built a team and it's no coincidence that Pardew, Pardew does a lot of things the, Almost exactly the way Koppel does, and people observe it. They, you know, particularly with the wingers, you yes, know, and, he does, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's, I don't, I don't think there's any, mis, you know, coincidence about that. And I think we're seeing it now, and it's, a, it's a hard thing to see because, you know, you're talking about, I mean, we're talking about Murray at the moment, absolute hero for us. You know, particularly you go through and look at the goals he scored. I mean, most of them were. You know, being the man on the end of something great that either Wilf or Balassi did, you know. That's <laughs> right. But but the pl- positions he took up, um, some of the goals he scored at the back post, running in and you know and, uh, hitting the ball across the keeper were just absolutely brilliant. But I just wonder if he was gonna ever get to that standard again, and whether or not the system we play would ever sort of work to his strengths. And that's why I, I feel I don't feel so bad about it. it didn't didn't I wasn't gutted and I was seeing all this huge outpouring of grief and, and I'm trying to understand it. So if I'm going to be a bit you know, unfeeling about this, but I'm trying to look at it in a logical way. Uh, and I'll go back to you. Um, I've got Patrick and, and Tony do you want to speak, but um, I'll go to you first, Tony, and, and let Patrick cut in. Who's, who's Glenn Murray better than in terms of our strikers?
6: I think it's difficult to say at the moment because Bamford is unproven at Premier League level. Yeah, um, Wickham isn't goal prolific I mean I think he hasn't scored I mean you think Murray scored was it five or six last year when he went for his purple patch and that was seven. in half a season yeah. seven I think it was seven yeah. there you go in half a, se- in half a season because obviously he wasn't with us for the first half of the season Wickham right. I don't think has ever scored more than seven goals in a season so Shemak we know doesn't score that many and he, you know, he'll only shoot if he thinks he's going to score so that doesn't happen that often um, yeah. so we've only got Gale so in terms of, you, know, you look at what we've got and goal rate, you'd say that actually he's, caught, he's one of our um, more prolific strikers. But you look at potential, you know, Wickham's definitely got something. Um, I'm a big oh, yeah. fan of Wickham. But Ooh. I think it's, it's it's difficult because, you it's just as I said, yeah. he based on goals and prolific scoring, he is top two. Mm. But, as we said, he's 31, you know, he's nearly 32, nearly 32 yeah. Um, you know, is it? It was it just a purple patch last year? We'll we we'll never know now. Um, you know, was it just a run of form, and just it wasn't going to happen again? Or we don't know.
2: Um, I, th- I think he surprised a lot of people. I think you know, coming back into the team the way he did, that no one had really set up to to deal with him. And and as Jen always points out, he's ag. He did the, the ag, gel yeah. voice when I said it? <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, not,
6: he scored he scored thirty goals in the championship, and as you know, I'm his biggest fan. You know. I'm big, B He's one of my favorite players, you know, of all time. Uh, but, you know, out of the 30 goals he scored, nine of them were penalties. Right, yeah. So, and he, he probably missed just as many penalties as well that season.
2: <laughs> yeah, he uh, did. You're <laughs> right. Particularly when he needed a hat trick, he kept it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <kind of. laughs> um, all right. No, that's a fair point. Uh, Patrick, do you want to jump in on that?
4: Yeah, just because you know, you know the thing about it, Chris, people are underestimating Wickham's ability, and I think that's what we're going to start seeing going forward. Wickham has a lot of the attributes that um, I think that Murray has. He doesn't have the ag, the ag part necessarily, but he definitely has the ability to hold the ball up. He can he can control the two centre-backs like he did in the last match, and mm. I think he's got potential to score goals. I mean, people you know people want to say, I think, um, in the chat room, he scored 10 goals in 44 matches in the Premier League, Wickham. But you know what? Five of those goals came in the stretch and kept under them up two years ago. So, the point is, if he gets the right service, he can score goals. And he hasn't really played striker uh, for, you know, until this season. We've got, what, four games in the season right now? He didn't play in one of those matches. So, I think if he gets the right service, again, I'll say it again. He's not getting service right now. None of our strikers have been. Murray didn't get it in his first match. You know, Wickham out of two of those games. So, if he gets the right service, I think he'll get at least 10 to 15 this year. That's all we're going to need out of our, one of our strikers. I just think one of us has to get 15 goals, and we're going to be golden. Because I think our midfield will give us at least... Twenty between the three or four of them and that will be more enough to keep us up this year Will not keep us up keep us in a, you know pushing towards you know bigger and better
2: yeah I mean well we're second now so as long as we yeah. can keep that right first it's always first.
8: <laughs> I
4: suppose
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, look, you mentioned his performance against Chelsea and I was gonna, gonna bring that back to, to Murray in the sense that I thought that it was a very Murray like performance um, but obviously with a lot more as, as Terence put it out early, mobility um, but I, I don't know. See, I say I wasn't. I wasn't gutted to see Glenn go on a sentimental note. Obviously, I was gutted to see him go. But the money sort of and the timing of it just feels right to me. But I suppose the next question is: Does it feel worse because we didn't then go out and get any of these rumored players that were going to come in? You know, do we need another striker, Terence? Um,
5: uh, we was putting. Uh talking about Shamak being one of our strikers, and I just don't think Shamak is a striker anymore. I think Shemak, if he's going to play, will be put in that hole, or we're going to have to play some weird amalgamation of no striker with sort of four in behind. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't really know how we'd fit him in. It'll be interesting to see what Pardew does there. Um, I think it would have been nice to get Campbell out. I just don't think he's... If we're getting rid of Murray, there's no one out there can tell me that Campbell is... We're getting rid of Murray because we feel like he's not at that level. No one's, no one can tell me that Campbell is. I, 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 will, I will argue that, so I'm blue in the face. <laughs> um So maybe it'd have been nicely enough one in, but then you got you got to remember there was a lot of people rubbish that article that the Mirror published a couple of weeks ago about us trying to play within the FFP rules, the Financial Fair Play rules, and there's got to be something in that. Um, I've heard that we've added something within the region of 175,000 a week to our wage bill. We've got to get rid of some of that. But we can't. Yeah, we've, that will chew into the profit that we made. You can Bear in yeah. mind, it's a, the year behind with the tax years and stuff. So you've got it's the Zaha money from United affecting and stuff like that. So we've got a bit of profit to play with. Right. But they always want to do want to do it right, and that's what I've always said. So in that sense, they they want to lose some they want to lose some money off of that. You can't you can't just increase it by 175 grand and not have any outgoings.
2: Yeah, no, it's a fair point, and I say obviously people quite often don't take well. Certainly in the moment, haven't been taking the money thing into account. You know, uh, we have a, we have spent an awful lot just on transfer fees, but when you consider the wages that Kabai is going to be on, you know, Wickham was on a fair act at Sunderland and won't want to have taken the pay cut you know McCarthy's come from We probably paid him around seven or eight billion pounds a year now and then so you know it's it's a difficult one and Sacco on a free you know there's a there's a consequence of a free and it's that he doesn't have to um, you know this doesn't have to be a transfer fee so quite often that goes in wages and signing on fees as well so we've spent a fair 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 amount of money and like you say recouping that Glenn was on a decent enough contract uh, not long signed that extra years extension um, but I think, for me, the security he gets from a three-year contract at Bournemouth is probably the deciding factor for him, Tony. It's interesting you were talking about shipping players out and in, etc. I
6: looked in the chat room earlier and I was I was shocked at the amount of people that were, you know, talking about lack of transfer activity from us uh, on transfer deadline day, as if we hadn't <laughs> signed anybody. <Yeah. laughs> so ridiculous. It was, you know, I was like, we 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 spent, you know, was it twenty over twenty million we've spent. Um, you know, close to thirty million this this transfer window. We've just done all of our business near the beginning, which is good. That's what you want. Yes, it makes transfer deadline day not as exciting, but that's a, that's a different conversation to have about that. But you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, I don't I don't think a lot of people realise that because we've done all of our business so early, they don't realise that we had that many. I mean, how many did we sign? We signed three, as you said, uh, first team players.
2: Yeah, we've actually, we, well, we've signed five players, you know, five very strong signings. So, we'll, you know, we'll go through them all and, and one by one in, in a little bit. But actually, on that point that you're making, uh, Tony, um, I know, you, Lucy, you had a lot to say um, on Twitter earlier about people tweeting the chairman and saying we should oh. have done this and we should have done that. to driving <laughs> you mad a bit. I mean, first of like, all, obviously. Sorry. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> you
7: carry on.
2: <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Talk over each other continuously. No, what I was, you know, what I was getting ready to say was, you know, first of all, can you understand why people get a little bit anxious just because it's transfer deadline day or does it just strike you as completely ridiculous?
7: Um, I can understand the fact that they've obviously got nothing else to do <laughs> other than just sit and look <laughs> at Twitter all day. Um, I, I just think that people have got very short memories you know, we signed Kabai weeks ago, you know, and Alex McCarthy, and I mean, the whole five of them that we signed, and yet people are moaning that we haven't had a big signing today, and it's just so frustrating, you know, last season they were moaning that we left it till the last day, and signed loads of people, and then this, this season they're moaning because we haven't signed anybody at last minute. You can't win. And the whole thing with tweeting Steve Parrish, oh my God, it just, it winds me up so much. It's like he's going to see their tweet and say, oh, do you know what, you know, Steve from Penge, I actually agree with you. I won't sign so and so. And it's like, no, you, they know what they're doing. They're businessmen. They've got where they are for a reason. And they're not going to listen to a little tweet from whoever.
5: I'm, I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry, Lucy and and Chris, you pronounce it "ponge." <laughs> ponge,
7: <laughs>
2: ponge. <laughs> ponge. Yeah, you're you're right. Thanks for the correction, Terence, much appreciated. I'm uh, sorry, Patrick, you wanted to jump in on that.
4: Yeah, you no, know, another thing is that you know, obviously, uh, Lucy makes a great point. We made all of our important signings early. We signed really, we signed no one today. But you know, looking back, we, we kept MacArthur, we kept Dan. We didn't get rid of Gail, Ledley or Jedi today, which would have been, to me, disastrous. And we, and Yannick didn't leave. Remember that Yannick, Yannick would have be been going on for two months. I mean, to me, those are like those are like new signings. So you got to look at the big picture. I know everybody likes to look at things short term, but to me, keeping those players has been huge. Uh, you know, you know, the Murray loss aside, that, that to me is a big, big thing for us during this transfer window. It really is.
2: That's a really good point. And we didn't, we haven't, obviously, we've, we've talked about the players who have gone and the players who we have signed over the course of the window. But there's a whole other conversation to have about those who nearly went and uh, those who have ended up staying, which we'll have in just a moment. But on the on the topic that we're on, um, I think Tony wanted to jump in next.
6: Oh, I was just going to say it could be worse. It could be an Arsenal fan who haven't signed any outfield players. And they're the only team, I think, in the UK that have not signed one outfield player
2: during this window. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I saw them going mental as well. But even that needs yeah. its context, doesn't it? Because... You know they've got a, they've got a very very good squad and they've got an extra two hundred million quid in the bank that they haven't spent. So they're a, they're a really interesting team in the way they <laughs> go about putting it together. That's why they never they don't win trophies because they never go out and just and and spend huge. But you know, but still they've still got a really top squad. They
4: won the FA um, Cup the last two years,
2: Chris. No, oh, they don't count. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
4: never
6: mind. <laughs> they were the favourites to sign Austin at one
2: point. Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe Charlie Austin believes that himself. I don't know. Uh, Lucy, you, exactly. said, you said you said me at some point. What? Did, what?
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Um, I was saying to you guys earlier, and I don't know how the listeners feel, but it's the first time in a long time where I've not felt exhausted at the end of a transfer deadline day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, be,
5: to be fair, though, it has ended at six pm and not twelve pm after several bottles of beer. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that is also true. Um, but it's just I haven't. Ended the day or ended the deadline day thinking, who the hell is that? Why have we signed them? Why have we got who we wanted? It's just it's an odd feeling to Mm -hmm. feel quite relaxed and satisfied.
5: I'm I'm all for the last minute facts to Tasty Jerk announcing Chef Kikuchi, if I'm honest. I was literally about to say that one.
7: (laughs) Kevin Doyle. (laughs)
5: Why why, why, why are you lowering the tone, Lucy? Yeah, come on. Don't say
7: that. We're
5: all
2: friends here. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, look, it's no, it's, I think that's a lot to do. We joke about it, but I think that that's a lot to do with it today. The reaction, you know, particularly on Twitter and you know on the message boards, has been really strong. Um, towards you know why haven't we done business and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's it's because we're used to it, aren't we? We really used to um, to try and to try and desperately scrape, look, scrape around last minute to do something big and. If usually, it's missing out on a deal that's been rumored all day. It usually goes wrong, and we have to get a last-minute um, Cameron Jerome, you know, or something like that. But uh, go on, Terrence. Well, I love. Um, we've had
5: Austin, uh, Charlie Austin, mentioned already, and it cracks me up how everyone has been just completely mugged off by the bookies. Uh, there's been so many teams who have been favourites to sign him. <clears throat> Even us today, we went down from thirty to one to six to four to sign him. When Alan Pardew explicitly said in his post-match press conference the other day, "We are not interested in Charlie Austin," and we go from thirty to one to six to four to sign him, (laughs) it's just laughable. And the amount of money the bookies must have made off of Charlie Austin this summer—it must be astronomical.
2: Yeah, and the people you sort of almost you always listen to on, on you know on Twitter and what have you, they've all been saying for quite a long time that you know Austin's not really someone we're you know we we're, we're going to go for. Um, don't expect him to to sort of turn up in a Palace shirt kind of thing. Um, it was all I mean, obviously to give that context, Austin did wait until the transfer window deadline day to find, to tweet his um, you know his loyalty to QPR. So clearly he's you know he's going to see out a contract there as well. Uh, they won't mind if he gets him promoted, of course. Uh, I suppose that's the flip side of it, but um, we'll see what happens in January with him as well, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. It's all a bit of a mess, that one, but I mean, people got their hopes up hugely about Austin, massively, convinced that he was on his way, and he was just, you know, there's no real evidence to that. It's bizarre. Uh, Tony, you, you had something to say earlier?
6: Yeah, it was just about. I was going to say on the Austin thing. I, I was one of these that got caught up in the hype, to say oh, I'd really like Austin. Even from when QPR got relegated, I said it's a player we should go for. But at the same time, I think to myself, well, you know, Wickham's not. Wickham Wickham needs games, and I think he'll progress quicker because he's 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 got he's at a good age where if he plays games, he'll progress quick uh, quickly. If we get someone like Austin in, who do you play? Do you play because the system we're playing, we play one up front, so you can only play one of them. And therefore, you can't. Uh, if you if if you'd say by logic because of Austin's experience, you'd play him. That's going to halt uh, uh, Wickham's progress. So actually, I think by not getting Austin, it might make us a better team. I'm going to
5: say it now: Wickham will be a much better striker than Charlie Austin. Mark my words. I agree. 20, 2031 on the second of September, first of September.
8: I
4: agree.
2: Um, on on the topic of um, of Wickham, actually, just onto a discussion of a deal that didn't happen thanks to a tweet Ben Allen sent in to us um, showing that Peto Rock, you know, uh, sports Peto has <laughs> um, said that Palace pulled the plug on Dwight Gale's move uh, to Norwich in the final minute because of an injury to Wickham oh, uh, Wow! so yeah another one, guys. that's another worry <laughs> you know, obviously Wickham, uh, apparently Wickham picked, picked up an injury in training um, but might be, might have a spell on the sidelines, we'll see if that turns out to be true that guy uh,
5: talks. That guy throws so much shit at the wall and hopes that something sticks. So I don't listen to him. That's <laughs> no,
2: you know, fair uh, point. It's a good point,
4: then, Because you know, I heard Chris. You know, not to cut you off for of that. They they pulled the plug. They were trying to get James Wilson for Man United uh, on a uh, on a loan. That fell through. So who knows which one is true? Yeah, well, that's
2: it's a good, no, good point. Evening. Sorry,
6: who we don't need who? Uh, James Wilson again. We've got Patrick Bamford on loan. Why are we going to get another lonely young um, striker who's not going to play?
2: Well, um, well, again, maybe, uh, maybe, if you imagine, well, we've lost Murray, right? And the, for whatever you, whether you believe it or not, Alan Pardew said that um, Glenn Murray was going to be sharing the number nine role with Kyle Wickham. So you lose right. Murray, you need someone else to come in and share that role. At the moment, that's going to be uh, Bamford and or Gale. Right. So clearly... Um, you know, either we're happy with that situation or we're not. Clearly, we weren't, we weren't happy with that situation. If we were going out for another striker, and more to the point, if Dwight Gale was going to go, which clearly, you know, that was on the cards as well at one stage, hmm. um, then we're definitely going to need to bring would have needed to bring someone in as well, just for the sake of you know a couple of injuries here and there. right um, Go on, Tony.
6: Yeah, no, I I agree with you actually. If, if Gale had gone, then yeah, we potentially would need another striker. But I think. The thing about the squad as well is that we we play with one striker up front. So having five or six strikers, we don't need that many strikers. One gets injured, we have got another one to come in. If we were playing a system with two strikers, I could fully understand that. Or, but you know, it seems to me even when Pardew changes it up, he doesn't change it with two strikers um, too often. To have two strikers up front, he'll he'll bring more attacking midfielders and push people up. So that's that's why. I just I, I yeah. think
2: no, I, we, I just. Yeah. Understand where you're coming from, Tony, and it's something we we talked about earlier, um, before we went on air and things, about the fact that we, you know, yes, we do play one striker, and you know that does limit us to the number of options we need, and of course we've got Sacco, who can quite clearly play, you know, play a central role and score goals. Balassi, uh, I know, Pardew believes heavily that Balassi can be used as a striker, so um, there is a bit of cover there, but it's, it's a difficult one. Uh, Lucy, you had a point to make. Yeah, I just
7: wanted to say that. Gail doesn't want to be there, clearly, so are we actually going to use him, or are we going to drop him to the bottom of the choice and use the other options first? Because I just it's, it's annoyed me with Gail, because I think if he doesn't want to be there, we should have just let him go, and, and I know that we don't know whether this injury news is true or not, but I, I'd rather utilise Wickham.
5: With Saka behind, and take a risk on Gale. I'd yeah, I, I, I'm. So, I, I disagree with that. I, I think we we spent a lot of money on Dwight Gale and we gave him a move to the Premier League when the move probably wasn't there for him from anyone else. And we've paid him a lot of money. I think he should. You know, your move hasn't worked out for you. Cry me a river. Stick your if you if you want to get a move, play better. Score exactly. some more goals, force yep. your way into the team, Terrific. and earn a move to somewhere that because look, it's only Norwich and Bristol City who come in for him, there's no one else knocking. Now, don't get me wrong, Dwight Gow is a born goal scorer for that. Um, uh, what would what, what, what you call a born goal scorer? <laughs> <laughs> the, born the words go- it, <laughs> no, the cliche, that's what I was looking for the cliche of a born goal scorer. But, you put that man in front of the goal, invariably not he puts it in the back of the net, but he's gotta work on his all around game to be able to play in the more modern day football style of the Premier League instead of just being that four four two striker. And he's gotta earn that he's gotta earn that move to a decent club. So uh, for me, he's just gotta stick it out and knuckle down, pull his sleeves up. Any more cliches?
2: <laughs> Get stuck thank
6: in. You, you, box you, in yeah, the yeah, box. Used... Box oh. in the box, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That is our cliche limit for the show, you know. We've still, we've still got a while to go, you guys. Honestly, no, um, <laughs> look. In all seriousness, Dwight Gale um, missing out on a move could be a great thing for him if he does exactly what you say, Terence. But I go. I wonder just what opportunities he's, he's going to get. You know, I look at the performance he put in against uh, Shropshire in the cup, and I just think, you know, that was he was. I thought he was poor that night, and Bamford got a lot of stick that night as well. But well, I thought Gale really had a huge opportunity there, um, and and just didn't take it. And there's been too often situations for me where Dwight Gale has started in matches, and not taken the opportunity, not done enough to keep his place. And yeah. it's all very well in being unhappy. It's all very well, well him not liking that, but it's in his hands, and that's a frustrating thing because obviously we we love him as Palace fans because of the impact that he has. The you know he's he's that player who all of a sudden score a couple of quick goals and, and change the course of the game. You know, did it against Liverpool. Burnley was one of my favourite ones as well. Just absolutely turned that game on its head. He's got that about him. And he just needs to do it more often. Otherwise, it's, it's no point. There's no point to him. Uh, Tony, you first.
6: I think the problem is that Dwight's so
2: used to, um, he's you know, throughout his career,
6: he's always played as, you know, the traditional two strikers up front, one small, one large, playing off that back. And I think, Unfortunately, he hasn't, he hasn't adapted. I mean, the, the football's changed from the fact that you don't have the two strikers up front anymore. And, you know, you look at most of the teams in the Premier League, most of them will play with one up front and they'll shore up the midfield a bit more um, and have that sort of number, that real deep number 10 role or box to box. And I think he hasn't adapted. In, in my opinion, I mean, I've, I've said this pretty much from when we signed him, that he, he, he's not a player. To, he needs to develop his game so that he can play up front on his own. And be effective in that way, um, because every time I say, "Yeah, he scores goals." Don't get me wrong; he can change games when he comes off the bench and plays alongside another striker. But when he, you're right, you're right when you said earlier. When he plays, when he started games, and he's always been up front on his own. I just, I don't think he's done it for me. He really hasn't. And I, I, there's been so much hype around him, but my, my personal opinion is I, I haven't seen it. Other than you know, other than he's he scored some good goals when he's played alongside Murray. When he's played on his own. I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it. He hasn't. He's not a game changer, in my opinion, no. compared to some of the other players we've got.
2: No, I'd say it's certainly a better option off the bench. It feels, uh, Patrick.
4: Yeah, you know what, you, you, you guys make a good point, but I'm going to disagree slightly because I don't think Gale has ever had an eight to nine game stretch of playing up front, not not wide, or you know, but up front. Um, All, you know, and and got got a real chance. I mean, last season, when we started on the Warnock, and remember he got hurt in that Newcastle match, and he was out for a couple of matches. Then then we had Campbell start for a few, and then after that, you know, we get to basically around, you know, January, then Murray came back, and Murray started scoring. So I don't think you know, and then there was other things going on in the background with Gale, but I don't think Gale's ever really got a chance to really, get in there and get, you know, seven, eight, nine straight matches as a pure striker, play ninety minutes and prove himself. And I think if he's given that chance, he will show that he can score. Expecting to come off the bench and score goals, though he's done it before, is a little difficult. And I think that's the unfair thing we put on him. He's only really got a chance and then really cut matches, you know, Dover, etc But he's never really gone on a, a Premier League, you know, streak of matches. I think if he gets that he'll prove that he can that he can definitely score.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I, I keep coming back to the fact that Gale is He's actually nearly 26. Apparently, the Wikipedia age for him is incorrect. Uh, if you got apparently, I saw someone put on the um, who's on the BBS earlier on a tweet that he did in 2013 announcing his 24th birthday. So he's definitely. I've, I'm not sure he's trying to do some kind of, uh, you know, like like the actors do when they change their ages. I don't know, but um, Victor Moses. <laughs> I'm not sure that's deliberate from Victor, but um, yeah, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, it, it's it's a, diff- it's a difficult one, but he's, he's 26, you know, and I guess i, I judge him a bit harsher than, than most people. Uh, people keep referring to him like he's some sort of a kid, and I just think, you know, it, it's, there's no, we can't waste... You know, if you think, oh, you know, give him a couple of years of playing and he might be all right, I'm just, I just don't see it, you know what I mean? A couple of years' time, he's going to be 27, should be at the peak of his abilities. Um, I, for me, the frustrating thing about Dwight Gale is he's, he has the attributes, He's just got to apply them. He really has. And I think he's been, you know, he. I think he's because he had that time out of the professional game playing at non league level. Um, and then, you know, obviously, brilliant that he got his way back up all the way to the top. But, you know, I think he's missed out on some really important stuff in his formative years that gives him the maturity to play at, at Premier League level, to understand that, you know, the responsibility of doing so. But look, we've, we've kept him and, and that gives him an opportunity as much as, you know, he might feel disappointed that he didn't get to leave. It gives him a huge huge opportunity with the fact that we've let glenn murray go and haven't signed anyone else um so that's that's the point that he should be focusing on i think um so yeah mike is claiming he was born of october 1990 i still think this is in dispute
4: <laughs> which makes him only 24 by the way 25 Does it? this
2: year well do the math yeah well do the math <laughs> well have a look He's given me a link to Soccerbase, which I've probably got over Wikipedia, and then look on in October twenty thirteen on his Twitter account. He said he announced his twenty fourth birthday. Then I think he knows how old he is. I hope so. Yeah. Anyway,
6: <laughs> <laughs> do we think Wickham is better than Gale? Yeah. Different striker. Wickham's twenty two. Different striker.
2: So For different our style. system. Exactly. I I just think Wickham is so is much much better than people realize in my opinion I think he's got a really tough deal since joining Palace we might as well talk about him he's one of the signs we want to talk about so we'll, we'll move on to him um obviously so far we have covered Glenn Murray and the nearly leaving of Dwight Gale um I'm going have to run quickly through a few uh, through a few of these but um we'll have a little focus on Wickham. we've talked about him earlier in a bit a bit of the Glenn Murray situation but um, as Patrick's pointing out here <laughs> in our chat, I am the president of the Wickham fan club. Fam club. Um, <laughs> honestly, I just think the guy is absolutely top class. And I, for me, it was kind of nailed down by the Chelsea performance. I was saying a lot of stuff about him. Um, and, you know, I was kind of thinking, I hope he really hope he doesn't make me look stupid here. But the performance against Chelsea... Was absolutely top class, and people were actually giving him stick for it as well. Something made me laugh. I think people sometimes, you know, okay, you can accuse me of seeing what I want to see, but I think sometimes if you have a negative opinion, you will see whatever you do, whatever you can do to make the situation fit that. Anyone who knows football at all would see how well he played against Chelsea. Um, Any we won't dwell on him too much. We've talked a bit about him, but anyone want to make any more points on Conor Wickham?
5: I was the first person to get his name on the back of my shirt, according to the club shop. <laughs> oh, Where we saw I, I, I will claim presidency from you, Chris. Yeah, that's even fine. If right. could, that even it's... if we have to battle. <laughs> no, um, he's, he's, uh, You're right. I think um, there were people around me who were trying to get into Wickham at the Chelsea game. And I was just standing there gobsmacked. That what I was seeing was a great centre-forward, lone man display. And people around me were just laying into him. And I think he's going to have a hard time endearing himself to the Palace fan because we love the blood and gut side of everything. But he isn't going to be that player that is going to chase 100% of the time into the corner or put an added bit of pressure on. He's, he's just not going to be that sort of player. He's right. going to conserve his energy for other things and he'll make more in, in more runs, put more effort into runs that he feels are worthwhile as opposed to constantly chasing lost causes. And it might take him a bit, little bit longer to win over the more, I don't know, the more casual fan who doesn't look so much at the tactical side of things and just watches football for what it is just as an enjoyment thing. Right. Um, for us who we like to think fancy ourselves as pundits and whatever um we'll look more into what he actually offers the side when he's off the ball as well as when as well as when he's on the ball and how he brings players into play and not just scoring his goals so it's, it's a it's a lot different but um eventually he'll win them over as soon as he scores a couple of goals people will come around i'm sure
2: yeah i think those goals i, I do think he, you know he could do the goal pretty quickly Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an easy thing to say, particularly about a striker that you know a goal will settle him down. But well, I think in his case it really will. It's just such a shame it didn't happen against Arsenal. Really, it was that close, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a couple of um, messages come in back on Gail. Um, it's like Colin Squires has said. Uh, Gail's a good player, easily pushed off the ball by defenders and too lightweight. And I, I agree with that. He does, you know, he does struggle against um, a strong attack. Uh, I'll come to you in a second, Tony. But uh, Colin Squires again. He's, he's, you know, I've got to agree with Colin. He says Hambo knows. Talk, totally agree about Conor Wickham. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right, Colin. You're right to point out. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hashtag hashtag Hambo knows. What? <laughs> hashtag yeah. Hambo knows.
4: Hashtag
2: Hambo knows. Yeah, if that, I think that's a better hashtag than the old one we had, isn't it? Uh, in case <laughs> you're wondering where Jelly is, calls. everyone, he's on holiday. Yeah. Um, and that's how much he loves Palace. He's on holiday right now. Saying it, Liverpool fan, that guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where,
5: where, where's Joe on holiday? I don't know It's, gotta he, Spain. it's in Crete. got to be Spain He's oh, in Crete It's got to be Spain You went to Crete? Same yeah, thing Crete. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing Not exactly it's right. not, I, I, I can't say that Because I'm going to Crete next month <laughs> Alright
2: <laughs> right. uh, Carl Mortimer said uh, Wickham's hold-up play against Chelsea and his ability in the air was top draw goals will come with confidence so I uh, agree with both those comments well done you uh, You two are clearly geniuses um, <laughs> Tony you just wanted to make a point and then we'll move this one on
6: yeah I think um, oh by the way Terence I think the reason why you were the first Wickham shirt is because of the amount of Kabai shirts that were printed as soon as he signed I've seen so many of them
5: all around yeah I've, I've uh, seen I've, I've seen one Wilfrid Zaha shirt, one Balassi shirt, and one Delaney shirt, and everything else has been Kabai. I've been actively looking as well, and I just yeah, cannot find any other shirts. Think... You had the
8: Delaney
5: shirt.
7: Where yeah. are they? <laughs> Damn
5: them. I think when
6: it comes to Connor Wickham, I think the the best is yet to come. That's that's that. I'll leave it
2: on that. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Um, Lucy did point out as well that he's the only guy playing both games for the sides both games for the sides that beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge most recently oh under Mourinho under yeah, Mourinho in both games. that is the worst way of writing that ever Lucy just so you know <laughs> I'm sorry I look like a complete idiot
7: <laughs> I was too busy concentrating on what you were saying Amber.
2: that is the correct way to answer that I never forgive <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: nice 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 um,
2: <laughs> okay Uh, Let's have a very quick chat about Patrick Bamford, what we reckon so far, because we haven't seen him too much, um, and he got that opportunity against uh, Shrewsbury in the Cup to play. Um, I'm not sure which of you guys saw it. Uh, Terence, you must have done, surely.
5: Yeah. um, What was quite funny, I remember, um, I I can't remember who tweeted it, but when he scored the hat-trick against Bromley, and everyone was hailing him, as like the next best thing. (laughs) I remember seeing someone say, why wasn't anybody saying this when Fraser Campbell scored a hat-trick against Forest Green Rovers last pre-season? <laughs> and Bamford's come onto the pitch against Shrewsbury Town. Um, he, also, uh, he also came on late in the Arsenal game as well, didn't he? And both times, he's just, as everyone's saying he looked more interested in his hair than what was actually going on on the football field. Um, I'm hoping it's just due to a lack of sharpness from a lack of first-team action, but I must say I've not been impressed so far.
2: No, I know it, um, Partridge talked about him seemingly struggling with the difference between the Championship and the Premier League. And, you know, that's an excuse for a little while, isn't it? But, you know, we're talking about the, the Championship player of the season. You know, he excelled um, in the division. And, you know, you, we see it. We've seen people. I mean, look at Callum Wilson at Bournemouth. You know, he's scoring goals at Premier League level, you know, playing out of his skin straight away. You know, the, the jump clearly hasn't got to someone like him. So someone like Bamford, who supposedly last season was a better striker than Callum Wilson, he you know, should have a, a bit of a look at himself and think, you know, why is he, why is he struggling? I think part of it's going to be, you know, new surroundings and, um, you know, a team playing a different way to what he's used to. But I think on the flip side of it, he's, he's maybe, like you say, maybe he's not doesn't come across as applying himself the right way uh i'm not necessarily saying it's his hair i am jealous he has hair but um you know but he does seem to be i think i think he seems to be playing at a, a pace below what he should be pay, playing at you know he's almost wants to kind of glide through games and try to be this like a classy kind of forward but he's got to get his head down and work that's what he's got to do um but chris uh, yeah
4: Having said that, how much has he played so far besides Shrewsbury? you know what I mean? He hasn't really had a chance besides that one match, right? If I'm right? No,
2: that's fair, that's fair. Um, I'm but-
4: just trying to think, he hasn't really had a you know. But I mean, I, just, I know what you're saying, and again, I'm, I'm not going to pass judgment. I know, I'm not big on passing judgment on players till I get to see him for four, five yeah. matches, but, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, you make a good point, but I want to see him play, you know, 90 minutes, you know, maybe two, three matches in a row, or whatever, 45 minutes, and then get a real good feel for, you know, whether it's the hair thing or not. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I it's not, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. judging, you know I don't judge players, I'm just saying I'm not impressed what I've seen yet, you, you can't give him that, but um, Shrewsbury have lost three and drawn two this season with no wins, so...
2: Yeah, yeah you, you, you've got yeah. to give it context, haven't you? And, and the thing is, yes, he hasn't yeah. had much game time, but he isn't going to get much game time if, if you know if that's the way he, he's going to perform. And I don't want to, like I said, I'm not trying to stick the knife in or anything like that, he's... You know, he's clearly a talented player, and I was very, very happy when we signed him on loan. And I'm hoping it's just sort of teething problems. Tony, you found a little quote there, didn't you?
6: Yeah, just uh, when Pardieu was saying that he's he's a really good young player and needs to harden
2: up for the Premier League. He had a great season in the Championship. Yeah, and I think that, that, to be fair, that's probably what the the best way of putting it, rather than sort of going a little bit overboard and you know criticizing too much. He, you know, he clearly, I think, harden up is a telling phrase, isn't it, in terms of not the innuendo, but in terms of the, um, you know, the fact that it's what. How am trying to trying to articulate the fact that he was just kind of strolling around? It's not a lack of effort. He's, he clearly hasn't adjusted to the the strength and pace of the Premier League, and we know we know the Championship's a frenetic division at times, uh, but there's this kind of myth, in my opinion, that you get more space and time on the ball in the Premier League. You absolutely don't. Um, you know, there's just a much better class of player around you for both teams. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Patrick. Patrick Griffin, not particularly great reviews so far. Terence, what was that?
5: Johan Kabay looks like he's got about four years on the ball every time he gets it.
2: <laughs> well, there is that, yeah, he does It's because, he it's because he do, he's in no way he panics, does he? I'm so used to seeing players panic on the ball when someone runs at them that
0: I can't us, watch yeah. him. Yeah, Let's talk
2: about he's... goodbye. That's, that's that's a really good chance to talk about him. I can't. I actually can't cope like watching him because. It's just exactly it's what we've needed for so long, and I've it's you know I don't know if you've ever had this. Where you get as a Palace fan, you get player envy. You look at look at the opposition. And you're like, why can they pass the ball and we can't? Why why are we smacking it into the channels all the time? And this, you know, these guys who, you know, we should be on a level with them. Yet yeah, they're they're just playing it round without any pressure. And then suddenly having someone like Kabay in there, which doesn't matter which. Foot the balls on. Doesn't matter, matter which way he's facing. Doesn't matter how closely he's marked. He just—he never, ever, ever looks under pressure. It's—it's it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant to see. Uh, Patrick, you first.
4: Yes, yeah, brilliant. You know, I—I I would watch so many Palace matches. You've got cooler as
2: well. Sorry, Patrick. Let's just, oh, sorry. let's take this call. Oh, sure, up no problem. You know, I... Hello. Hello. How you doing? Not too bad. Who's that? What? It's Nugget. Oh, is it? Oh. oh God. If I'd have known oh, that, if I'd have I, known that, I'd never would
3: have hung up on Patrick. him, Patrick. Uh, don't hang up on me. Um, oh I just want to say I think this has been our bestest transfer window ever. Is best bestest the, the, the bestest I, I, one ever? I think we've had better ones.
5: <laughs> better better <laughs>
3: ones. <laughs> um, um. And, and Patrick echoed the point I was going to make. I wanted to make was I think the most important bit of business is keeping Velassi. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, no, because I was so so. More cared. than keeping, more than
5: keeping Dan.
3: Yeah. yeah
5: yeah Mind definitely because I don't
3: think Dan was we were in any danger of losing dan, but we the, the rumors were circulating that Bellassi was going to go, and I think it would have been criminal to see him go but luckily, as we've seen today with the um is it it's a guy from West Bromley who threw us up and tweeted about it yeah. Um, oh, he,
8: that, no.
3: yeah um that Tottenham were actually being a bit skin thin about it because um, mm-hmm. although it would have been a fantastic big transfer of business to to get loads and loads of money for Balassi um the fact we kept him is going to be worth a lot more because I think we're going to finish up higher up the league because of it. Um, my other thought is, um, how do you think the nearly sale of Jedi is going to affect if he plays, when he plays?
2: It's a really good point. I mean, we haven't talked about yeah, the similar situation with Ledley as well being you know it was apparently released from the Welsh squad to go and sort out a loan deal with West Brom and turning it down. I think it's difficult for either of those. Jednak was in quite advanced negotiations, and but neither have started. You know, Ledley's been off, off the, um, no, not even on the bench, sorry, uh, for most of it, and, and Jed and sat on the bench as, as team captain, so it must be quite awkward as it is. Yeah, um,
3: exactly. Completely. And um, um, is, is Pardew beard averse, do you think?
2: <laughs> beard
8: <of
2: Yes>. averse? <laughs> oh, that must <laughs> be it. Nah, come on, we've still got plenty of great beards. Kabai's, you know, got a yeah. bit of a beard going on.
4: Yeah. No, hold on,
3: no. hold on, wait a minute. You might have something there. You know, he's not playing Speroni, not playing Jedi, he's not playing Ledley. Oh, do you want do something there, to something there, Yeah, Hambo Hamba will be off of whole radio soon. The way it goes. No, <laughs> I don't mean that. I'd would we'll, we'll show be without you, but but we we've been really really <laughs> astute, and I think uh, Lucy alluded to it earlier that it, it wasn't the chaos that we had under Holloway where we seemed to buy sixty five players and just buying <laughs> players for the sake of it. I think. Mm. You know, it's just been a really, really astute transfer window, and we are Palace in Wonderland at the moment. The other oh, question oh, I wanted to ask... Oh, oh another oh, one, OK. Oh, sorry. Was, <laughs> how different would the transfer window have been had we not been sitting second, and we'd had maybe lost three out of the four games? Do you, do you think we would have approached it differently? I know it's a bit hypothetical, but... I do. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, definitely got, got on,
4: I think we
8: definitely
4: would have gotten a striker. I think we yeah. would have probably panicked and gone out and said, you know, we have to have a 20-goal, even though they're very, very rare. We would have gone out and gotten a striker and probably a centre-back also. But I think because we're so high up the table, playing so well right now, there's no need to go out and panic. And I think I like the way we went about things.
2: Exactly
3: right.
2: Completely agree with you. I'm done now. All right, Nick, can you steer us back into the conversation by giving your opinion on the signing of uh, Johan Yeah, it, it
3: was our second-best signing of the summer. I think it showed intent, and I think it showed um other players i mean obviously we didn't we, we only got Sarko in as well really um that that we mean business you and said second. these these, these players these you these these, quality, these these quality players mm. want to play first team football, which is why Jedi was probably trying to get the move to stoke i mean it'd be interesting to see what Stoke were going to offer Jedi, but back to goodbye yeah his, his quality. But he hasn't been our man of the match, I don't think, for, for any of the games, which which shows how him being on the pitch has, has raised everybody else's game. Second but
4: Nick, the, the, just yeah, just to just to qualify, you said he's our second best signing. So who's our first, in your opinion?
2: Psycho second on the Wow. Okay. I mean. Bye, Nick.
3: Right. <laughs> 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 put, put that bottle of whiskey down.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, I think I've, I genuinely he hasn't gone yet. Where is <laughs> I think Sarko was the best signing. He's, he's, I have I my mean, reputation. It's Sacco. I told he's you genuine. this on Sunday. Sacco. Sacco. Yeah, yeah, but I'm posh. That's the counter <laughs> way of saying. Yeah.
8: Sacco, right? right. <laughs> um, no, he's,
3: he's, he's, I, I have my doubts, but he's genuine, genuine quality. All right, thanks. Uh,
2: I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid you're sacked. Bye. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm out. Bye, <Bye-bye>. bye. Bye,
8: Nick. <laughs> bye.
2: Nick. Uh, thank you very much to Nick for calling in there and uh, just, just giving some of your crazy opinions. Uh not before code. we um get back to just not a look. actually yeah um there's a couple of bits on uh, on Bamford. Both Brent Morgan was saying, let's not crucify the chap before he's been given a go. Absolutely right. Uh Carl Mortimer said uh, didn't say didn't Pardew say Bamford was a number ten, not a number nine. I very much um agree with that. Um sorry, I've been asked something by the producer in the middle of me talking, it's difficult to handle it. <laughs> but it is important. <laughs> All right, um yeah. Yeah, we'll go for that, Mikey. We'll just keep talking and hopefully that happens. Uh, we might hear a ringing sound in a minute. And that might, it might be the chairman of Crystal Palace. Hello. Hello, Steve. It's Chris Hambling on Hull Radio. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. How about you? I'm good. I've got a terrible cough. I might cough halfway through, if that's right. (laughs) That's perfectly all right. no problems at all. (laughs) If
9: you hear me coughing, just ignore me.
2: (laughs) Good stuff. Well, we've got you live. There's a whole bunch of us on here uh, who may chip in with questions, but it should be a fairly uh, straightforward one. Uh, Been a great window overall. Um, Let's set an insight on what happened today. Uh, got a few players going. Let's start start with Glenn. Uh, How did that come about, and what's your feelings on it? Oh, well, sad
9: to see Glenn go, obviously, because he's been such a such an important part of what we've, we've done but you know sometimes a deal is just right for everybody and I think you know it's right for Glenn you know he lives down in Brighton still difficult for him but he does um, and it, you know Bournemouth isn't too far so um, sorry I'm at a function probably um, so it's good price for the club um, I think it's a good deal for Bournemouth because I think he'll he'll do the right thing keep them up I think he needs a bit of a fresh Challenge as well. Uh, good contract again. You know, obviously they gave me you, you know a little bit more money and uh, a little bit longer contract. So it was good for everybody. So uh, yeah, it was positive really for everybody. Um, All right, and um, <laughs> I'm moving no, sorry. outside, sorry, sorry, just to try and get <laughs> a bit of and
2: quiet. God, there you go. <laughs> Cheers. No, um, obviously there was uh, quite a lot of rumours about further outgoings. Obviously Barry Bannham Went, um, which is understandable, he's trying to get some, uh, some game time, of course, but um, the situations with Ledley and Jednak, um, obviously both still at the club, which I think a lot of fans are very happy about, but w- what happened with those?
9: Joe, we never got a bit. Joe um, was never going anywhere, okay. there was never nothing happening there. Uh, Mele, we, we got a bid and you know, it was something that, that was reasonably attractive to the club Um, Obviously he's our captain and a massive part of what we've done at the club and somebody's personally helped me a lot. got a great relationship with him and we just said to him, look, if if you feel it's right for you, take a look at it. If you don't feel it's right for you, you know, there's nobody's pushing you out of the club. You know, we think the world of you. So, um, you know, he had a look at it and it didn't work out and that's that's fine. You know, he's coming back to us and we're we're more than happy to have him.
2: That's great, and and I suppose the final one to ask about in that in those terms was Dwight Gale. Uh, was, was there a bid from Norwich there?
9: Yeah, we did have a late bid uh, from Norwich, um, but you know it wasn't. We couldn't really take it seriously on the last day of transfer window. Uh, we've got a lot of injuries in the strike force at the moment, so uh, Dwight's an important part of what we're doing as well. So once Glenn had done, there was really no
2: no possibility of Dwight going anywhere. Play now. It's good again. Another another one we, we're glad to still have hold of. I think. Um, so in terms of incomings, was there anything that we were trying to do?
9: Yeah, we well, had a deal for Michael Hector at Reading.
2: Oh yes, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs>
9: and that was yeah, that was that was that was a done deal. We thought we had that one. And Unfortunately, then, uh, the might have Chelsea came in and uh, and the player chose to go there. So um, at least we're getting the right targets, aren't we? So yeah, we can't we can't our scouting set up must be doing the right thing. Uh, yeah. So that was that was disappointment, but you know you don't win them all, and uh, we live to fight another day. So um, I'm sure he'll do very well Chelsea, and we wish him all, all the best. We, we don't have any grudges; it's a, it's a big club, and I think he supported them when he was a kid, so you can understand why he chose that one.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Um, I suppose finally, I mean, obviously, looking at the window as a whole, you've, you've got to be happy with it, and it's probably the most relaxed you've uh, you've sounded a long time on a transfer window. Uh, was it a pretty much? As it as it as it you know sounds a nice relaxing transfer window.
9: Well, you listen. I've got pressures for different reasons that people probably don't don't realise. There's, there's, there's certain things that we have to try and hit. You know to make sure the club's healthy. Um, and we, we you know we bought first this year. Made sure we got the targets in early. Integrated them in the team, and I see that's doing wonders. So yeah, we you know we're in a better position as a club. You know it's all very well to say. You know, the first transfer window, we're scrambling a little bit to get players, but it's more it's difficult. You know, I'll be speaking to other clubs that have been promoted. It's difficult when you're just promoted because people don't know if you're going to stay there and they still to attract the players. But through what we've achieved, what the manager's achieved, you know, where people think we are mentally, you know, in terms of where people think we'll finish, then I think you'll find that players think differently about us. So it makes my job a little bit easier. Um and we we're able to attract some fabulous players, as you know, at the start of the window. Yeah. And do what we do best, I think, which is find some gems that maybe people don't expect. And I'm delighted that Bakker has been almost man of the match, is not he, yeah. the oh, last he's... two games. So um, very, very pleased for him because there's another one under the radar. You know, people weren't chasing him. You know, we, we picked him out. We were sure about what we thought about him. Out and set up. The manager looked at him, said all day long he's a Crystal Palace player, um, and, we, and we went for it. So, you know, we're, we're pleased with all the transfer deals that we've done, all the people we've brought in. Sad to see Glenn go. You know, it's a real gut reach for me because I've got on really well with him personally. Um, he's been a magnificent, magnificent player for us, and apart from against us, we wish him nothing but the best, and I'll be speaking to him in the next couple of days. And I'm sure he'll come back to the club and and say goodbye. We'd like him to do that because, and he's always welcome back. You know, he's one of, I think, three players that scored a goal. So magnificent, magnificent what he's achieved, and and we wish him well.
2: Yeah, as you say, it'd be great to give him a, a proper send off when we when we do get to see him, providing he doesn't score. Um, so yeah, finally, um, obviously, uh, I'm being asked to ask you about Charlie Austin. Was something ever happening there?
9: <laughs> we were interested in Charlie. Um. Uh, For one reason or another, it didn't happen. So, uh, that one wasn't to be. Uh, But, you know, that was a long time ago. We turned our attentions elsewhere and and we got other people in, and we're very
2: happy with what we got in. So, um, it was definitely one that we were interested in, but, um, you know, we're going to be. Okay, a shame we get to move on. Okay, I'll let you go, but final word, really. Obviously, sitting uh, second in the league, it, um, brilliant win against Chelsea, wasn't it? Do you think we've, um, you know, if we if we become, we progressed to that level you thought we were going to? Are we now challenging for Europe? Do you think? Well,
9: listen, I, I think we're at the club. We're you know eight more wins and a few more draws, and we're safe. So <laughs> let's do that first. And then, and then, But obviously, it's a very promising start. It's a much better start than
8: before.
9: But, you know, we need to keep our feet on the ground because it's lovely to play when we're the top two. You know, that's obviously an incredible achievement in itself, even though it's early in the season. So, um, <coughs> you know, look, we're optimistic. We've got a good squad. We've got the right manager who loves the football club. Very capable, competent manager who sees the game, in my view, perfectly. So, we've got every chance, haven't we? But you know, you've got to perform on the pitch, you can't start getting complacent and thinking that results will just come because everybody's telling you they will. It's a very competitive league, and every point is hard fought. So, let's get that so far, and then who knows what we'll achieve. But certainly, in my lifetime, probably since 1991-92 it's the most optimistic I've been about being a Palace fan yes
2: yeah.
9: I, okay. I should definitely be thinking
2: upwards yes brilliant love it to hear it uh, thank you so much for joining us Steve on a, on a busy day really appreciate it and uh, all absolute the best absolute pleasure Top cheers man. thanks a lot cheers Bye. there we go uh, brilliant stuff from Steve Parrish always great to hear from him um, and yeah very very positive about the uh, not only the window but about where we are at the moment Tony I
6: was going to say when he was speaking, Michael Hectors, uh, that, that was a shot out, the, uh, shot out of the dart. Didn't expect that, but um, I think uh, Chelsea obviously need him more than we do, you know,
8: <laughs>
6: based on last results.
2: <laughs> really? Why'd they loan him out then? Yeah, they have loaned him straight back to <laughs> Reading. That's, um, I, 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 I'd obviously heard the suggestions that we were going to be signing him. It's just amazing to see um, just how close to a deal we were there, because... Um, you know, it's just, just well, you know, good, good that he's, you know, made made it to the club that, yeah, you know, like Terence said in in our chat during that, he was uh, wearing a Chelsea shirt, in a in a photo. So he's obviously joined the club that he, um, he supports. Boo! Uh, but yeah, boo indeed, Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> he's, no, he's, fair for, play, he's from East Ham. He should be a West Ham fan.
5: So I got no love for him.
2: <laughs> just looking there, we got a message in from um, Adam Hammond. Who said that he's happy for Mike anyway? He played for us at Horsham FC before working his way back into the pro game. Top bloke. That's good to hear. Uh, thanks for that, Adam. So yeah, I did notice he'd, he'd played um, gone right, you know, down the leagues down towards uh, Horsham. There was someone else in there. That I've forgotten. I think he played for an it Dundalk or something like that in Ireland? I don't know. i don't know, But yeah, uh, it's a great, great story. If you actually go and have a look at what he's what he's done, in fact he's now a you know a Jamaican international and, and what have you. So. just Disappointing to miss out on him if we, you know, clearly as as Steve says, we're targeting the same players Chelsea are after now. So uh, good stuff. Yeah, clearly. I, I, I that just,
4: is so I, brilliant. That really is. That's great. I, That's I was great
2: positive game. that we. I was positive that we had him.
5: Um, yeah, I noticed to that. people, like I even said, like um, <laughs> I wrote a little piece for the BBC today um, about transfer deadline day, and I put on there that um, I expect to sign Michael Hector by the end of the day, and it wasn't anywhere else. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, like an hour later, it was everywhere. And then it was like, Chelsea were interested. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because after I heard that we were interested, I went and watched videos. And he's just, he's got so much pace, so much pace. And for someone who's six foot four as well, he'd fit the bill perfectly for us in terms of getting our defence five yards further up the pitch instead of having to hold because of the lack of pace we have there at the moment. And that would really have benefited our attacking play. So... Yeah, bearing
4: in and mind, also, he, he also left back a little bit too, by the
2: way. Mm. Yeah, I gonna say, really Tony's, back up. Yeah, Tony's put in the, the chat exactly what I was about to ask Terrence. Bearing in mind, he'd probably be a demo replacement. Um, mm. certain person would have gone slightly insane at that. Um, <laughs> Tony, you did want to make another point, I think, before we move back to what we were discussing, Tony. Uh, I, I, I um,
6: early, earlier in the window Everton were talking about looking at Scott Dan and um, I think if which obviously didn't happen and it sounds like it wasn't going to but if they if they had got Scott Dan I think they would have let Chelsea have um, stone so in a way we've scuppered the uh, we potentially scuppered that deal so they've sort of got their revenge slightly if
5: you like
2: <laughs> that's one way of really looking at weird it
6: yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, um,
5: no, you're right you're right Though no, it does it it adds up. <laughs> and not the re- not the revenge part, but, you know, if they would have got Dan, then Stones right. all of a sudden getting Put 35 up. mil for him is a bit of a different story, isn't it? Because you've got the cover. but
6: yeah. so then we the would have probably we're got Michael
4: Hector. Sure. Yeah, so would you rather have Hector than Dan? I'd rather have Dan.
5: I'd rather have Dan and Hector. Oh, well, yeah, well, of course. <laughs> Hank and uh, <laughs> <laughs>
6: Alexis Sanchez. Have you noticed that Chelsea are crazy with the defenders? They... They couldn't get stone. They tried and tried and tried. And then today, they've signed two. And I think they were in for another one as well.
5: Mm. Michael Hector is a case of Chelsea continuing to stockpile, which the game, it it needs to be looked at. It's not right right that they have over 30 players out on loan, demanding loan fees every time they do it as well. It was rumoured today that it's 5 million they've got for Victor Moses. And in the oh, day and age of financial fair play, this is just jumping through loopholes to create revenue wow. a- for the club. And it, it's something that should be closed up because it just benefits the richer clubs as opposed to the poorer clubs. And I'm, I can't even, you know, we can't consider ourselves to be one of the poorer clubs anymore because we're a Premier League club and we've got lots of money coming in. But from the background we come from, Fans of Championship clubs right now must be looking up and going, "What are we supposed to do?" You know, Chelsea have just come and pulled our pants down and gave us four million for a defender who is probably, if he would play ten games in the Premier League, would be worth five times that amount. And there is absolutely nothing Reading can do about it. And it's and it's just not right. Something's got to change there. No, it's
2: often it's become something. A, I, it's become a renter player. Yeah. Yeah. It's often something I, I sort of think back to, like because you know, every now and then I We've been in the, the Premier League for you know for three seasons now and every now and then I kind of like go back to thinking oh do you remember what it was like when it, we were in the championship and I just think of all the things that you know I hear our fans say now that that you'd never have got us saying when we were in the, champ, in the championship you know about you know about players not joining us and all that kind of stuff the kind of arrogance we used to look up at you know and think oh you don't know what real football's like and I do I do I do worry about that kind of stuff I have to say but um, but like you say, certainly the stockpiling of players from from the championship, um, in, you know, well, stockpiling of players in general has just got to stop. And and it's a it's a huge money spinner. You're absolutely right to to get a loan fee for every season. You can end up recovering the you know the transfer fee and wages probably two three times over if you're clever. Um, but that's been going on a while. But yes, um, it's, it's just getting worse and worse. He certainly career wise, I you know you hate to. Say it, you know, with certainty, because he might go to Chelsea. He might break into that team quite soon. Might be cut kind of injuries or something like that, you know, in the start of next season. And he's in, uh, but you've just feel it's a career move. He's he's just gone to, just to be one of a number of players who, you know, will sit, will train at Chelsea and play elsewhere. Uh, Tony, quick.
6: What about maybe having? A, 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 well, it'll never happen, but maybe you could have a rule to say that you've got your twenty-five man squad um you've got another 5 in reserve and you're not allowed any more. You're supposed to out the way, but just you're not allowed any more players mm. than that. So you have to announce your 25 that you're players, your other five, so just make it a 30 squad and say that's it, you're not allowed any more players, you're not allowed to do any on loan, anything like that. Any which you want to loan out have to be part of that 30 squad.
2: Um yeah, I'm not going to worry about it now to be honest, Tony. <laughs> 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 I think you've explained it, but I can't get my head around it. To be honest, I'm still thinking back to the things that Steve was saying and trying to remember what all those things were. Uh, obviously, Joe Ledley not being subject to a bid is very interesting, considering all those reports from earlier that I took on face value. So that's great that he's uh, still at the club, and obviously very interesting to see that, that Jednak had a look at the deal, but you know, just decided to stay at Palace for where, whatever reason. Um, but you know, very very positive things, Patrick.
4: Yeah, I didn't understand those rumours at the time, uh, Chris, I was following Twitter like everybody else, because to lose Ledley and Jedi on the same day would have made no sense, because we have been so light, I mean, much aside, we wouldn't have had anybody to really play in the middle, God forbid that MacArthur or Caboia got hurt, so it's really good to hear that it was never even you know, in the offing, because to lose Jedi and Ledley today would have been really, to me, would have m- made no sense at all.
2: Exactly, and then you go you go on to what Steve was saying about the, the fact that it was a very late bid for Dwight Gale as well, if they'd let him go, can you imagine? You know, losing those three players in the same day and oh. not having a chance to even look at replacing. I think when you look at Jednett and Ledley, it certainly weakens the squad. Um, and you know, not necessarily the starting eleven. And same situation for Gale. But we would have had to have had people in. Um, right. And and just more importantly, the fans would have gone absolutely insane at that. <laughs> absolutely mental. I'm um, just trying to catch up on a few tweets and things as well. Um, probably should have just said that. Probably should have carried on talking all kind of <laughs> casual like, and then um, you know not drawing attention to it. Now people can see that I've accidentally st- clicked on the ring wrong place and I'm really struggling. Uh, that's because I'm clicking <laughs> the right mouse button and not the left one. Radio presenting
5: 101. <laughs> that's Chris Hambley's style I'm
2: a legend, mate. Absolutely legend. Uh, legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, simples. That's, his name is Simon, I believe that's what it's Just send him on uh, just to send him that's about Michael Hector. Uh, well done Chelsea, just to bring up your English quota. And that's a very, very good point. Um Rob Holland said main thing is we managed to keep hold of Friars and McCarthy. I think he means Paddy McCarthy for you. Um, well done Rob, thanks for that. No, uh, John funny. Nightingale said a great interview with Snoop Arrow's lads, club in safe hands. Palace fans running club, it's all good. Thanks for that, John. was indeed good. Uh, Charlie Adams has got in touch um, about uh, Michael Hector as well. Uh, it's ludicrous he's not going to play for Chelsea FC. Great chance at Palace this season, let alone when we dump, damp, <laughs> dump. Uh, and I don't know what that means. He's, no he's had an alter. Yeah, We're oh. When Damo and Breda Breda Hangland are gone. Okay, that makes much more sense. I thought he'd had an autocorrect nightmare. He has a bit, really. Um, I'm confused as to who wants to speak next. Does anyone?
5: Um, Going back to Johan Cabeyer, what we were talking about before. Yeah. I pulled up this thing, so I'm going to say it. (laughs) Um, Talking about making the players around him better, I was saying it about um, James McArthur. And um, last season, James McArthur was averaging less than a key pass a game and was averaging 78% passing accuracy. Right. This year, he's already up to two key passes a game and averaging 89%. Wow. A near one eleven 11% increase. And Amazing. as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, he already has two assists this two assists season after getting, that getting loss, done. Yeah. 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 So, that's, I mean, that, that's just what putting goodbye in next to him has done to him. Don't get me wrong, James McArthur was a great player before, but. Khabai taken him to a new level.
2: He really has. And that, I mean, that's is, is a great, um, you know, it's great evidence of, of the, the, the effect of signing such a class player. Um, he's had a really, really positive impact. Um, let's talk a little bit more. We'll, we've talked pretty much every week about um, Alex McCarthy and Bakary Sacco. McCarthy seems to be winning more and more people over a sort of by the day, by the game kind of thing. Um, but Zacco uh, as well, I mean, Steve Parish mentioned it there, and I know Nick obviously made, made the point that he felt that he was our best signing on a free. Um, the two of them have, have really, really done very well. Lucy, your f- feelings on McCarthy and then Sako? Um Well, I just
7: said in the chat Yeah, I, know, that I,
2: know.
7: I love McCarthy. I think he's going to be a real asset, and unfortunately for the Speroni fans, he's eventually going to be number one, I feel. If not already, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when the 25-man squads announce if he will be number one or not be certainly interested to see. If he's not, he will eventually. Um, Sacco, I think he's brilliant as well. He's got real... It's so nice to see, I think I said it the other week, a, a player that actually has a go rather than trying to get as close to the goal as possible and then have a go. He actually... Just had a shot, and that worked at the weekend. And makes it,
2: makes such a difference, doesn't it? It really it does. It yeah. really
7: does, and it makes you feel like I'm on a minute. We could, we could actually win this, and we we proved on Saturday that we can really do it, and it's it's frightening, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also really exciting.
2: Definitely, uh, Patrick. What a, a rocket! Up shot you has got. Thanks, Tony.
4: <laughs> and you know what? Just to, I remember Terence on before had yes. mentioned how, how much much has that same potential as Sacco. It's nice to see that Sacco's doing it. I like to see much get a chance too, because like Terence, I think that much has the same ability as Sacco has. He has a really good shot and can score from distance. And so we need we need players like that to loosen up the defense. So I think that Sacco brings a lot to what to, to the game, and I think much can do the same exact thing.
2: Yeah, that's great stuff. Cheers, Patrick. Uh, we've got to have to rush this on. We've got a, a lovely little quiz to come in just a moment, uh, and we'll also come be, on. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, there's so much more we could have talked about today, but I think obviously, bearing in mind that we've been jabbering on for an hour and twenty, we'll uh, we'll move on. Just to mention, of course, Barry Bannon went to Sheffield Wednesday. We haven't discussed that in any real length. Um, I think he was, um, you know, he's a real fan's favourite. We spoke to him a couple of times on whole radio, and absolutely top lad as well. Uh, really, he really was, you know, touched by how the Palace fans took him, sort of took to him. And um, I'm thinking, you know, but it, one thing about Bannon, you always knew, even watching him warm up, you know, when he wasn't playing, he was, he just wanted to play games. And it's. Re- I really hope he goes to a Sheffield Wednesday and he's, you know, he plays every game for the rest of the season because he deserves it. You know, he's a, he's a top player. And um, I think he'll take the championship by storm if he, if he gets around the games, so I really do. Um, Gedior has gone to Watford, had a really good loan there, of course, last season. Um, he was unfortunate at Palace, I think. Um, again, he's one of those where perhaps, same as Bannon, we moved on a bit too quickly for him. Uh, Gediora, you know, he, he was actually playing pretty well when he first got into the team. and He had that injury. Uh, I think it was Ben Foster who collided with him. And then in the end, you know, in the end it was best that he went, I think. Um, but that's, that's it in terms of the permanent uh, transfers out. Um, so uh, let's have your forward reviews of the transfer window.
0: Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net/forward/android. Four-word reviews:
4: Paul Danaher, Gale Jedi, Thank God,
2: Carl Mortimer, Bamford, Straight out of Eaton,
7: Jake Palmer, A right mixed bag,
2: Baz, Done the business early,
4: Chris Cotton, Stop selling players now.
2: Alistair Watkins, can't score like Glenn. Mark Cole,
7: bench looking
5: too light. Ian Waghorn, good business, kick on. Gareth Jones,
4: where
2: is Zeki Fires? <laughs> Rich Legate, Le- 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 bless stays, very good.
7: Stuart Chalmers, we have squad yet.
5: David Bray, window of opportunity taken.
4: Natasha Pike,
5: glad then, it's over. Sam Harris,
2: could have been worse.
7: John Phillips, not Sean sure
5: Bamford. Nikki Saw-a-Lot. Saw-a-Lot? Thank you, Glenn like Murray. A, say like an eagle saws it. Isn't it? Or, or kind of like... No. no? <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: I'm surprised no one
7: laughed at playing
2: blackhorn <laughs> <laughs> I laughed inside.
5: Me too So so did Ian Waghorn
0: (laughs) Review the game next week By tweeting hashtag Forward review to At Whole Radio Got something you'd like to get off your chest Tweet us now At Whole Radio
2: Can only really apologise for our childishness At the end end of the forward reviews There, Uh, We have got a quiz coming up Just a quick mention that we've We've gone through what we think is going to be the squad uh, for the 25. It's Baroni, McCarthy, Hennessy as goalkeepers, Ward, Mariapa, Hangland, Dan, Soiree, Delaney, Kelly as defenders. That leaves out Zeki Fries and, of course, Paddy McCarthy. Uh, Johan Kubai, midfield, along with Yannick Bellassi, Wolf Zaha, Lee Chong-Yong, I think it's Chong-Yong Lee. Anyway, Mile Yednek, James McArthur, Jordan Mach, Bakary Sacco. Anyway, Joe Ledley and Jason Punchin. That leaves out Johnny Williams, who we believe will be going out on loan to um, Nottingham Forest. There you go. Uh, and forwards will be Bamford, Campbell, Gale, Wickham, Shamak, And that leaves the injured Kwesi, Apia out. I think that covers everything. Uh, I'm now going to hand over to Quizmaster Terence. Right. Get excited, people. This is going to be really fun.
5: <laughs> um, <laughs> The format is, we're going to have two teams of two. You're going to get an easy question, a medium question, and a hard question. And if your points end up the same, the right the same amount of answers, there is a tiebreaker at the end.
2: So, who are the teams, Hambo? Uh, it's going to be myself and Tony versus Patrick and Lucy. Right. Let's
7: so, do this.
5: what you will hear is... The career, club careers of certain Crystal Palace players, minus loans. You simply have to tell me who the player is. Okay. Understand? Okay. Got it. Wait, wait can get,
4: you only get Can we confer or do? You can
5: confer work? with your team member.
4: Excellent.
5: So, we'll start with easy ones. And Hambo, we're going for your team first. Okay. You have Wrexham, Millwall, Palace, Spurs... Bolton, Wrexham. Chris Armstrong. Uh, agreed, Tony? Agreed. Chris Armstrong.
2: Correct. Correct. Show off.
5: Show off. <laughs> right. Patrick and Lucy, your easy one is Pergo Kramer, Cremonese, Sampdoria, Juventus, Crystal Palace, Lazio, Sampdoria.
4: Attilio Lombardo.
8: Very
5: good. You both have one point. (gasps) (laughs) Now on to the medium ones. Uh Hambo, Mm. Tony, (laughs) Swindon, Crystal Palace, QPR, Swindon, Paul Bowden. Do you not want to confer with your team member, Tony? (laughs) What do you think? I
6: agree.
5: Uh, producer, can I get an incorrect sound? Oh <laughs> man! Um, can, I, can we get those can... teams
4: again, please?
5: Swindon, Palace, QPR, Swindon.
4: I don't even have a good guess. I want
7: Do you to have say, one, Lucy? I have one, but I don't think it's right.
4: Doesn't matter. Go ahead. I've got no one.
7: Is it Sean Derry?
4: <laughs> no. Why are you laughing? You played the QPR in Palace. Yeah, but
5: there's Leeds in there about 4,000. Uh, yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah,
4: come yeah. on, but you laughed like it was a totally bad guess. Good try, Lucy.
7: I'm under pressure for
2: yeah. no, I Don't know. know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> it was as good as Paul Bowden, anyway. Whoa, someone <laughs> there, didn't
5: they? <laughs> right. Um, All right I'm, sure pe- I'm sure there's people out there who got the answer, but it is, of course, Don Rogers.
4: Oh. oh my god, how did I not get that one?
5: That is terrible. I can't. is awful, that
4: you're right. That is awful. Yeah, these, right.
5: these are Next. only the medium ones as well. I know. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick and Lucy. Your career is Crystal Palace, Luton, Portsmouth, Leeds, Stoke, Exeter. Give it that again, please. Crystal Palace, Luton, Portsmouth, Leeds, Stoke, Exeter.
3: Wow. Wow.
4: <laughs> Oof.
7: Let's call
5: Do it you a guess. draw. You ever, you <laughs> ever guess Lucy. Oh. Uh, no, because I got right. laughed at the last time. Yeah. No,
4: well, have a you guess. I won't laugh, I promise. Yeah, we've got, hey, I'll. Laugh? I'll go with um with um. He's there now, so I'll go with um.
7: Well, the only person I can think of that went clearly Clint was Clinton Morrison.
4: Right, because he's there now, but it's not good, It's not right, but it's a good try. He no. started at Palace though, so that's a good start.
5: Patrick, you're going to kick yourself again, Vince yeah. Hilaire. No. Oh,
4: know. You know, you made this. You made a quiz just for me to embarrass me, didn't you?
2: <laughs> Terence, can uh, I point right, out? Just no, I said no, I said Paul Bowden? Yeah. Other than the KPR thing, he did play for Swindon before and after, after Palace. Just oh, look, he's started. checking up. I <laughs> thought I'd say it. Right.
5: <laughs> okay. Oh, that now was a good one, Hambo. It really was. Now the, now the good one is that we're onto the hard questions. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Well,
4: we're still tied at 1-1, so that's all right. Come on,
5: Tony. You, you can do this. Right. Hambo <laughs> and Tony. It's an interesting one. Watford. St. Albans City. Aldershot. Chesham. Oldham. Colchester, Crystal Palace, Coventry, Luton. Now
2: that's an interesting one. Last three is Crystal Palace. Coventry
5: and then Luton.
2: Oh, this is going <laughs> to um, didn't really hear that, Tony. Your internet seems to be all over the place. That that is of no help. <laughs> Put it in the chat if you can, Tony, what you wanna say. <laughs> oh there you are, you might be back. Say it again.
6: The only player I can think of that went from Palace to Coventry was Salato, but it's
2: obviously not him. No, no, that's what's bugging me. So the Cheson thing, because like it was a whole oh, there was a whole Dowie connection there and all that kind of stuff. But there was no Southampton, Southampton in that or,
5: right. uh,
2: or West Ham. Okay,
5: shall we? Have you guys got any idea, Patrick and Lucy? I'm handing it over.
4: <laughs> I'll guess someone. Go for it, Richard Shaw.
5: Incorrect. The answer, oh. yeah, is Wayne Andrews. Wow! Wow!
2: <laughs> oh, I can't believe I didn't get Wayne Andrews. Wayne oh. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. There was a Dowie connection, wasn't there?
5: Classic Ew. Crystal Palace striker. This
2: is yeah. good. This is good. This is good. Terence, keep going. Right.
5: Yeah. Well, we've got one more. It's you two. Okay. The last one, and we will have a tiebreaker if not. We have Crystal Palace, Hereford, Tooting and Mitcham, Hornchurch, Sutton, Dulwich, AFC Wimbledon, Whiteleaf, Croydon, Tombridge, Cray. Maidstone, Leverhead, Fisher, Maidstone, Whiteleaf. Bloody hell. I actually know this. I oh, think, that, think I know.
6: That poor
4: player. <laughs> Just give me those again.
5: <laughs> Palace, Hereford, Tooting and Mitchum, Hornchurch, Sutton, Dulwich, AFC Wimbledon, Whiteleaf, Croydon, Tombridge, Cray, Maidstone, Leverhead, Fisher, Maidstone again, and then Whiteleaf again. So never been hmm. played,
4: never even played in a bloody in party played in a, in a league um
2: started at Crystal Palace I think I know
4: this I have, I have a guess but it's not going to be right Simon Roger you're
2: going to hand it over Terence I'll hand it over Uh Tony what was your idea yeah I'll
6: go with, go with you
2: first because I'm not 100% on mine Roscoe Dzan who huh? <laughs> D-S-A-N-E Roscoe Dzan T- Tony, it... and your, your <laughs> guess—I'll
6: I'll, agree—is is that ah. I'll, I'll go with it. It's not even a player. He made that up.
5: <laughs> the answer is Andrew Martin.
2: Oh, gutted. Rock, look up Roscoe. Just on a similar, similar path to him. I promise okay. you.
5: So, being at one all, I'm going to give you a tiebreaker, right. and the first to answer wins. Okay,
7: no pressure. Oh God! Oh God!
5: <laughs> no pressure. Although, by the efforts you've put in right now, I think this might be too difficult.
4: You've <laughs> picked, picked the most, picked the most. Um, honestly, besides, you know, Don Rogers and Vince O'Leary, the most obscure players in the history of the team.
5: For the hard ones, I did, yes.
4: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I've never even... Wayne Andrews, seriously?
2: Patrick, Patrick, are you taking <laughs> Jill's position on this particular <laughs> quiz? No Jill to argue continuously during the quiz, so you're doing it. Yeah. Quite. So. <laughs> Two
5: teams only. Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace.
2: What? Um, uh, I can only remember Noel Whelan playing for both, and he had loads more clubs. um uh, oh, uh, I'll give, give you a clue. He was yeah. a, defender. a what? Craig uh, Curtis Fleming. Incorrect. No, Damn it! He, was, he played after. What was day. the clue? I didn't hear the clue. Yeah, I didn't defender. hear it.
7: Defender.
2: Oh, hang on, Craig Harrison.
5: Correct. Hey, boom. Hambo and Tony win.
7: No, because he already had a go- guess Yeah, so we shouldn't have another guy.
5: It was the first to answer.
2: Yeah. Twice. In your He's face. Done. In your face, White. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing.
4: Now nah, well done. Well done. Well done.
2: <laughs> Thanks everyone. Good game. Good game, Terrence. I enjoyed yes, it. It was
0: very good. Very hard. <laughs> Um, let's let's end it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make so it easier
5: next time. There yeah, will not so be easy. next
0: time. Well
2: done, well
4: played, Tony, Chris. Well done.
2: Anyway, hope uh, you all enjoyed listening. My thanks to Mikey and Sam, who've been producing, to Patrick, to Tony, to Lucy, and to Terence, and for Nick for beginning, I guess. Uh, and cheers, obviously, to Steve Parrish for. Uh, for been on the phone a little bit earlier as well uh it will be out as a podcast very very shortly but uh, we'll be back on sunday at 7 p.m
8: yeah no. why not no. why not
2: no no uh, no, transfer no. no. Two uh, weeks. international, international break. break international break i'm glad you said something wrong as well terrence take some attention <laughs> off of me uh we'll be back the week after that where we're, we are playing on the right day for it. anyway it doesn't matter we'll be back
5: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your
1: next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.